Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I'm glad you joined us today. Well, actually, it's just me today. I didn't. I, I was going to bring a guest. That didn't happen, so we're going to go a different way on this. Again, I wanted to tell you there's a lot of exciting things going on at the mission. We just laid a bunch of concrete. We had new sewer pipes and everything put in, and the old building is being section by section totally rehabbed to... So it will be essentially a new building, and that part of the building is not for the staff and the you know administration offices. That is where the real function of it. Yeah, we have a couple of offices over there, and uh, we have the men on our 24-man program. There's a break room over there for them. That has been rehabbed and everything. I told you that last week. Uh a lot of great things going on. We had the women's clothes closet was the second week that it was open. First week, there was like two women. And so, you know, I was sure to tell the people that were volunteering and a couple of our staff who were, are also volunteering to kind of run the place that, you know, don't be discouraged. Uh, it It sometimes takes a long time. I don't know if all of you know, but uh, Tom Landry, when he went to Dallas, uh, he did not have a good season. He didn't have a good season the second season. I forget how many years it was that really he didn't have great winning seasons. But eventually, because of persistence and because he knew what he was doing and he was building a club, he wound up being one of the most and best-known uh, coaches in football. And so, having said that, you don't want to go to Texas and badmouth Landry. But again, his first few years were not exactly what I would call stellar. So, at any rate, we had one or two women that came in, and that's fine because it's that whole starfish thing that we've talked about the little boy throwing them back in the ocean. There might be millions of them, but as he said, I can make a difference for this one, and that's what we go for, is what difference can we make for these women? We have a Bible study first, and uh, so then they can go and they can shop. Well, this time, there was 15 women and 10 kids with them, and so I don't know where they came from or whatever, but the great thing was that they sat through the Bible study, because you got to do that to, to go to the closet, not ashamed of it. That's what we're there for. We are the Union Gospel Mission. Not ashamed of the gospel, right? And so, uh, at any rate, that was really exciting. I saw the excitement on the volunteers and on some of our staff who were opening the closet, and it really was great. At the same time, in the back, uh, they're, they're working hard to repair all the different things that they found when they opened up the walls, all uh, dry rot and everything from the back part of our, our building, and we're moving through, rewiring, replumbing, new gas line if we need it. Uh, I don't think they have any gas line that runs back there, but bottom line is all new electrical, all new copper piping, 
We've jackhammered the showers up, and uh, we're going to redo all that. And so the folks from the street and our program guys eventually are going to have a completely new building inside. And that's an exciting thing. You know, we need to tell the world that is coming to our door that needs help, that we care about them. They're not just... They're not just always going to get the scraps of everything. They don't get the scraps of food at the mission, and I don't want them to come in an old, beat-up, unsafe building. And so that's where we're at. Right now, the electrical and and all that, it will be, as I said, a brand-new building that will be safe, clean, and comfortable for everybody to come in. Sometimes it seems like a monumental feat just had a board meeting the other day. We got two new board members on, and uh, I informed them the the same thing that I told the board originally. Yes, there probably is 10,000 men or are 10,000 men more qualified to be the director of the Union Gospel Mission than I am, but it's not a matter of how qualified I was or am. Uh, I've learned a lot in the last 16 years. It's not, it's not that at all. It's not how educated I am. It's not how well I might speak. Uh, it's not about anything like that. It's about who God puts in place. And when God puts in someone in place, if God has chosen him to do that, it will succeed. Now, I'm not trying to be humble. It isn't me, and I know it isn't me, because I don't have the ability to do the things that have happened at that mission over the last 16 years. But guess what? I serve a God who does. And so I think there's a lot of you out there today that maybe feel like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not qualified for this, or I can't do this, or I've been asked at my church to teach a, a Bible study, or I've been asked to speak somewhere, or whatever the case is, and you're saying to yourself, you know what? I'm not qualified for that. I'm not, I'm not smart enough for that. I'm not articulate enough for that. Okay, well, that's good because God chooses the broken things of this world to shame the haughty and the proud things, right? And if God has truly sent you to do a Bible study, he'll equip you. Now, your part of, of it is you need to study. But listen, don't let your, your lack of, of what you perceive of as talent or gifting, or whatever you think, don't let that stand in the way. If God is calling you, go to your pastor. Go to those who, I'm not asking you to go ask advice from everybody, because sometimes advice from everybody is a big mistake. But choose those people that you have confidence, your pastor, a deacon, somebody who is close to the Lord, and go and share with them and pray with them. And then if you are are convinced and God is sending you, then go boldly. Know that God will supply everything that you need. And the best thing is when God uses somebody who's not super charismatic, who's not, you know, super articulate, or somebody that just walks and talks and acts like, oh man, they're just they're just like a movie star, then it brings glory to God. When just an average, run-of-the-mill person is able to accomplish what God has sent them to do. I mean, you know, 
Paul had the brains, but he certainly didn't have the looks or the or the the ability to speak well, because he had to always say, you know, I write you, you're happy with it. I come, you are disappointed. I'm paraphrasing. Yes, a couple of pastors out there right now going, no, that's not what it says. No, it doesn't say that. But that's the that is the gist of what he was getting at, and so. When we look back at the chronicles of history, and I'm not talking about looking at chronicles, I'm talking about looking at, at the Bible and all the different stories that have been told us, the true stories, none of them are made up, of men and women who in the Bible have succeeded, not because of their great power, but because, uh, you know, they, they listened to God and they followed and they obeyed. Joshua entering into the promised land, and the walls fell down, right? David, least in the kingdom, here's the little shepherd boy, and the giant fell before him, and so did armies when, when his men marched on them. Because God takes sometimes people that we would never think would ever be able to accomplish any of God's purposes. Nehemiah, you know, he's the cupbearer, which, by the way, that's a was a pretty important job back then. But he was sent to build the wall. Nobody had confidence in him. I mean, there's a place in the Bible that they're mocking him, saying, gee, look at that wall. If a fox jumps on it, it'll fall down. Okay, so, but he wasn't discouraged by that because God was with him. Now, just in way of, <clears throat> of illustrating that point, I want you to listen to a, a little story. Some of you know who Gideon is. Hopefully most of you do. <clears throat> Some of you think he's the guy that put the Bibles in the hotel rooms, but that, that's the Gideon society. But Gideon was, was a judge of Israel, and Israel had been attacked and taken over and they were robbing, and uh, the Midianites were robbing and stealing and taking all of Israel's goods to the point that they were starving, and they really needed to do something about this Midianite invasion. The Midianites, they had an army of 135,000 men. Well, Israel had an army of 32,000 men that they could come up against the Midianites. Those aren't great odds, right? And so you would say to yourself that at that point, Gideon must be pretty worried. Because think about it, you're outnumbered four to one by, by men that are warriors. So if you put yourself in that place, whatever you're facing right now, whatever giant or whatever a problem you have, whether it's drugs, alcohol, maybe it's you're unemployed or, or you're you're just up against the fence, and there's just no way out of it. And you say, I'm just not capable of getting out of this. Here's the good news. If you're a believer, then good. You're in a position where God can get the glory by you succeeding where it looks like there is no hope. So if, if you would like, if you can go to Judges 7, and you can read the whole account of uh, it starts before seven, but if you go to seven, here we are, and we're facing, we're up against this wall, and we know that the Midianite army is powerful. And it says that, and then 
Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many. Wait, what? So the Lord's telling Gideon, There are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now, mind you, they're outnumbered already four to one. And so now God says, No, you really you have too many men. Because remember that the whole idea isn't necessarily to get you and I out of trouble, but it's to bring glory to God in everything that we do, whether it's in our life or our death, whatever it is, it's to bring glory to God. And therefore he proclaimed in the hearing of the people, saying, Whomever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead, And 22,000 of the 35,000 departed. Wow. (laughs) Okay, you guys. And now I'm in a real pickle, right? And so God said, you know, I'm going to go down a little bit here. It says, but the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, and the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So they brought the people down to the water, and all the Lord, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, You shall set them apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink and the number of those who lapped, putting their their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. So you mean to tell me now I've got, surely I'm going to get the 10,000, right? Uh, You're not going to give me the 300. But... He says, but all the rest of the people go down on their knees to drink of the water. Then the Lord said to them, uh, said to Gideon, by these 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver you from the Midianites into your, and deliver the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took up uh, provisions and their trumpets and their hands and Set away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent. And so now we've got Gideon, and he's facing a Midianite army with 300 men. And really, truthfully, there is zero chance of success in that. So I would like you guys who are feeling like you're on the edge to go You could start right where I left off at at 7, and you could read the account of the battle of Gideon and the 300 men, and I'll give you a spoiler alert. They win, 
And you may not believe that, but you need to read the account, and then you need to pray about it. And if your situation is one that is really dire, and you really are a believer, then you need to ask God, but don't don't be surprised at the way that he delivers you, or the way that maybe you're not delivered. And at the time, it seems like the worst thing in the world, but guess what? If God has, has ordained for you to go through this, I guarantee you that he has something better in mind for you. Having said that, I think that with the mission and with you guys and with myself and everyone in Christendom, we need to remember to pray for what God's best is for us. Now, having said that, I want you also to realize that sometimes God's best for us doesn't look like the best thing for us to us. Sometimes that job that we lost, that we mourn for, was the best thing that could have happened because we don't know what is around the corner. We also don't know what was going to happen on that job that would have just been devastating to our lives. Sometimes it's a relationship that you have with somebody and God says, nope, (laughs) no, and your heart is broken because you really think that was the person, but God knows better than we do. And again, number one thing, to bring glory to himself, but he also does these things for our good, for our safety, for our relationship with him, for our faith. And so don't be discouraged. I I know there is a little bit of discouragement whenever we really think we're on a certain path and God stops us and says, no, no, you can't go there. Uh, I was just talking to a gentleman the other day who had been really wanting to get this, this special assignment. And I can't remember exactly what the whole thing was, who he worked with, but He worked for the government, uh, for the Air Force, and he wanted to be reassigned uh, to Sacramento. And uh, so at the time, that was the greatest thing uh, that that he could think of. Well, he didn't get it. He thought that he was a lock, and he didn't get it. And he went somewhere else. And guess what? A year later, The whole place closed down, and everybody there lost their job or was relocated somewhere they may not want to go. doesn't always work like that, but see, he was praying for something that he thought was the best and was convinced that nothing good could come if he didn't get that job, but he didn't. I had a friend at the church that I serve at who had the very same thing. He, He was praying for a certain job. That job fell through, and he later started to work for the city of Lincoln. And guess what? That company that he really wanted the job for, it folded completely. God already knew what was best for him. So I've seen that in my own life where I've been praying and and I I thought I had a direction that God was going to send me. And God had a different direction. Even when I came to the mission, I, I was thinking that he was taking me to a larger church uh, where I would be full-time instead of bivocational. And then he instead brought me to the mission. 
And I still serve at that little church that I was at, you know, I've been at for over 20 years. But see, what I'm trying to say is I would have never seen the mission coming. I, I never sat and thought, oh, I, you know what? Let me pray about being the director of the Union Gospel Mission. And so I'm just trying to encourage each one of you not to give up, not to be downhearted, not to abandon the ship. Remember this, that the same God we serve is the same God who sent his son as a propitiation, meaning to to take our place and to absolve the wrath of God for us by paying the penalty for us. And so that same God that loved us so much, he sent his son to live a righteous life, to die for us, and rose on the third day is the same God that created the universe, the same God that, that fought the war with, for Gideon, the same one that put the rock in and sent David up against the giant. He is the same God that, that Joshua marched around the, the, the walls of Jericho and blew the trumpets and they came tumbling down like the song says. He's the same guy. He's the same God that was with Stephen in the street while the stones were flying at him. And you say to yourself, but he was defeated in the street. No, he wasn't. He saw the face of Jesus Christ. He knew his destination. He was taken from that street. And he is with Jesus Christ to this day. And all those who, who persecuted him and those that stoned him, those that did not come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, have been dead for 2,000 years. And they are suffering for their lack of faith in Christ. Never give up and never give in. Jesus is there for us. What did he say? I never will leave you. I'll never forsake you. No matter what, he's always going to be there. Listen, I've had discouragements in this last year or two. I've had some that just seemed as if they were going to overwhelm me. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen things happen from places that I wouldn't have thought would, would come against me, but they did. And then, of course, I've, I've suffered some serious loss in this last year. But guess what? Jesus never left me, never forsake me. Uh, am I perfect? Oh, please. <laughs> you only need to ask anybody that knows me and you'll find out I'm not perfect. Just ask me, I'll tell you I'm not perfect. But see, that's the beauty of it. I never had a chance of being perfect, and I got news for you, you don't either. But I know a perfect God who made a perfect sacrifice so that you could live a life that is eternal and with him forever and ever. Isn't that amazing? So please, if you're discouraged today, Please turn to Gideon, turn to Judges, and start reading it and just let the whole thing unfold in your heart and mind. And I think that it will be of great encouragement to you. And then right afterwards, go to your knees and ask God to reveal to you your situation and pray and wait for the Lord and do not become discouraged. But by all means, 
If you're not going to church, find a good church. If you are, go to your pastor. And as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.